IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Let's talk about favorite children because is it a problem if parents let it know? Now, my concern is that even if they deny it, and one of you said earlier her mother used to say that my children are like the fingers on my hand. You know, I can't have a favorite. I said, did you believe her? And she said, no. And of course we don't. I knew I was my mother's favorite. I knew I was my father's not favorite. Uh, it's just how, how it was. No matter what they told us, we all know a kid's no. And uh, if you do have a favorite, then is it a problem or not? So we wanted to check in with an expert. Samantha Williams is a clinical psychologist. Samantha, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. So, so my first concern is this. Is, is, is it, if, if, if parents do have a favorite, is it ever possible to hide it? If they do have a favorite, which I must say sometimes is very difficult, um, no, it's not possible to hide it. Mm. And, and, but there's two sides of the coin. You know, there's, there's the parents' view and then there's the child's view. Absolutely. And, yeah. And often perception plays a huge role because ch- as children, we perceive things differently right. to what our parents do. Right, right. So, so, and, and, and we have this confirmation bias. So we keep, yes. uh, we keep uh, reinforcing the same message that we think we, we getting over and over again. Uh, Absolutely. You know, my experience with our own kids is that I genuinely, as a parent, don't believe I have favorites, but I do believe that we connect differently to our kids at different times, different stages, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a, it's an, it's non-static. You know, whereas I think, I think we like to paint this picture that everything is, you know, it's one picture, you take the photograph and that's how it remains. But actually it changes all the time, doesn't it? Yes, it's definitely fluid. And you're right. As children develop and grow, we connect differently with them. I mean, Mm. if you think about it, we all are different. And, and as, even as adults, we are friends, the people that we connect with, the people that work, that we work with, that we right. connect with. There's a reason we connect with them. And just because there are children doesn't mean it's any different. Mm. There's a reason we connect with them. And, and we have our own biases in terms of what we expect our children to be. Right. And, and children that are not what we expect or who we connect with, there can be friction, there can be conflict, and then often that can be perceived as differential treatment. Ah, oh, that is interesting. I also find sometimes that that our kids that are most like us, sometimes we conflict with more because we maybe over-identify, we become more frustrated with them because they are more like us rather than a kid who's maybe more like, uh, their, you know, my spouse. Um, I, I, can, I can relate to them in a way that I've learned to relate to my partner. So, so in our children that are exactly like us, they're a mirror of ourselves. Right. Um, and sometimes they mirror things about us that we don't like. And we don't want to see, we don't want to be aware of. Mm. And that can cause conflict. And if you think about it, there's a reason we were attracted to our partner. And the, the same qualities that our children have will also then be attracted to those qualities. That makes sense. That so, makes a lot of sense. So it does make sense. Mm. But... 
keep in mind that because we are similar, we also may connect better as well. Right. Because right. we understand each other more. Yes, as long as we don't over-identify. And 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 uh, just because you might have, when you were young, uh, behaved in such a way, given those circumstances, it doesn't mean that our child will, uh, because maybe, you know, circumstances, education, and they aren't you. They might be similar, but they aren't you, and that's quite hard as a parent. Yeah. So if you think about a dad who, who enjoys playing golf, and then you have one child who loves golf and he goes and he plays golf with him and then they spend time together playing mm, golf. Mm. And then there's the other child who doesn't play golf who then will be left out. But it's mm. not like he loves the one more than the other. Mm, he mm. just connects better with Right, right. There's, there's often a thing with kids. Oh, you know, I'm the favorite. No, I'm the favorite. No, you're the favorite. You know, is that, is that healthy? Is that normal? What, what do we do about that when our kids are engaging in that form of discussion, play, but obviously with potential consequences? So I'm going to leave the healthy part. But mm. it is normal. It okay. is definitely normal. Right. For children to compare themselves and to compare their, their parents' treatment of them is definitely normal. Siblings, there will always be sibling rivalry. There will always be sibling connection. Um, and most families, there's, there's some moments where our dad likes you more or your mom's favorite or, right. you know, that kind of thing. Right. In order for it to be healthy, there needs to be understanding. So the more that you connect and communicate with your child around these things and the more they understand the differences in treatment and the differences in connection, the less they will feel rejected. Because that's that at the end of the day, that is the crux of it. The child who is not the favorite feels rejected. Right, right. The proverbial black sheep of the family that yes. feels rejected, out, ashamed, and then grows up with unhealthy self-esteem, um, maybe even depression and anxiety as well that stems from that. Um, and the best way to eradicate that is to make sure that there's always communication. So I love you just as much as I love your brother. It's just that your brother and I play golf together and spend more time together that it looks like we connect more. Mm -hmm. And And when you and I sit and we play board games together, that's my time to connect with you. And I love you just as much. Right. So in other words, it's very important to find the uh, the connection activity, for example, whether it's golf or whether it's board games or whether it's whatever it would be, looking at, you know, the, the stars at night, whatever it would be, there needs to be, it's important for parents to find a way a common area of interest potentially with each child uh, to to be able to almost eliminate that notion that just because your brother likes to play golf and you don't it doesn't mean you know that that what follows is that he's he's the favorite absolutely and and it comes with getting to know your children yeah it comes yeah. to getting to know what makes them tick? What makes them happy? Mm. Um, you know, I think as parents, sometimes, I mean, there's different parenting styles, but sometimes we just expect our children to follow with what we like, you mm. know. So mm. if we like something, we expect them just to naturally do that. But 
they're different. They're, they're completely different human beings with different personalities. And we need to get to know them and get to know what they like and connect with them on that level. Yeah, because that, that, that establishes a form of communication for the rest of your lives. Because otherwise, if you don't establish yeah. that, it's very, very much harder to do it later on. Also, when there's a lot more baggage and a lot more, um, you know, as I said, confirmation bias. Now, we've established something that the child or the person thinks is reality, and it might not be, but there's been so many layers of stories that they've told mm -hmm. themselves, and and some of which might be absolutely legitimate, but over the years that it's very hard to break those down later on in life, I imagine. Yes, and I think as adult siblings, we often have these conversations mm. around, mm. Oh, thought you were the favorite. You know, my, I remember my brother and I, my brother thought that I was the favorite because I was always spoiled. Right. And I thought he was the favorite because he got everything, whereas I thought I had to work for everything. That's you very know? interesting. But just, but just having that conversation as adults opened us in so many ways and, and helped us to connect in so many ways. So, so we, yes, we do have these, these conversations whether we have them in childhood or as adults, mm, they mm. can be healing in so many ways. The problem with those stories is that they, and you alluded to it before, is they're your own stories. And the story of my childhood, who might have lived alongside my sibling, actually could be quite different to my siblings just because of the way I've retold the story in, in my mind. Um, and that becomes quite complex as adult siblings, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. Even as, as child siblings, not just as adult siblings. Mm. Because if the story you tell yourself is that your brother or your sister is, your, is the favorite and you keep telling yourself that, you eventually then create a rejection of self. Mm. And then mm. as you get older, because our family is, is where we find acceptance and belonging, as we get older, yes. we then struggle to find acceptance and belonging in the larger society. You know, and it has profound implications for our growth, our personality, our relationships, our success later on in life. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, Samantha Williams is a clinical psychologist talking to us about having a favorite children and, uh, and uh, how, how, how the impact that it has.